Welcome to From Diaries to Dialogues, the podcast where personal stories become powerful conversations. We're your hosts, Capucho, Tunai, and Mulemwa, and together we embark on a journey from introspection to interaction. Think of our discussions as those late night conversations with friends where you're honest, open, and sometimes a bit surprised by what you discover. So, whether you're an avid diary writer, a curious soul, or simply someone who loves a good story, join us as we turn diaries into dialogues one episode at a time. Hi. Hi. Hi everyone. How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> good to be back. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm fine. Look at us greeting each other. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for asking. I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to everybody that's joining us um for, for the second, second episode. Time? Yeah. yeah. For the second, second time. Episode. And those of us, and those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. If you haven't yet listened to our first um, episode, please find time to do so. Yeah. Otherwise, welcome to From Diaries to Dialogues. Looking forward to having you part of this very cool family. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have Caputo today. Yeah, but he will be joining us in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for today, it's just me and Tendai. Yeah. Yeah, Tendai. So. Shall we jump straight into it? Yeah, I guess we can. <laughs> I'm a little nervous because so much time has passed since we recorded the, the first episode. And I don't know. I'm now trying to figure out how to jump back into the groove of recording a podcast. Yeah. But we'll see how that goes. We'll see how, yeah, we'll see how, how it goes. goes. Yeah. yeah. So, your week, how's your week been? That pause. <laughs> I'm trying to Is think. Everything okay. My week has been interesting. Um, my. It's always hard talking about what I do, mm-hmm. like the whole confidentiality thing. But my company just started working on a new project, so we're currently like in our second, in going into the third week, mm-hmm. and it's been very interesting. It's been interesting meeting the clients that we're working with, and also just like working on site because uh-huh. i work remotely so we don't normally work in the same space so it's always interesting to meet my teammates in person and just like have conversations in person as opposed to like online or virtually yeah that's always fun <laughs> and i'm always amazed by how different the experience is because it's like you're talking to the same like the exact same people but the experience of them that you have online is different um with two mm-hmm. <laughs> different from <laughs> the experience of them in person and speaking of working from home how has that been for you honestly how is working from home in zambia <laughs> <laughs> why, yeah, why but... the air quotes <laughs> <laughs> okay so i don't know what you have in mind what your experience um, of working from home is mm-hmm. but for me from like the get-go it was a really cool experience so we've been using teams and the um, i don't know just the integration of teams within like your your work life is very seamless this is not a paid ad <laughs> or anything but right yeah i think i've really enjoyed working with teams because at first i remember my boss was laughing at me because i was complaining about i don't know i just didn't like working with teams at first like when i just first started yeah and i was like just just give it some time you see the integration is really like it's really great it's really cool because it's like 
it's like the person that you're talking to is in the next room and you're just walking into their office so that's been cool let's start with that um i also like that my work days are fairly structured we have some flexibility but yeah i like i like the structure of it i like that i'm working with really cool people um what else my bosses are really cool too so there's no i don't know it doesn't feel like they enforce like hierarchy and stuff mm-hmm. it feels like you can just talk to them yeah so that's that's been cool for me i also like that i don't have to commute because i hate commuting i get motion sick so the experience of commuting isn't fun for me i think that's the one thing i prayed for <laughs> oh yeah like not having to go to my job because i was wor- i was really worried about that when i was graduating because i was like how am i going to manage this but yeah it's been pretty cool for me it's like a combination of two emotions like on one side it's, i like the flexibility that comes with working from home mm-hmm. like the flexibility that comes working from home i like that i don't have to wake up very early to start preparing for work and then go and work so my my type of work is a hybrid type of a situation so on sundays i okay before like i used to like, report for work physically then the other days like especially when i'm not feeling too low i would work from home so recently we've been working from home like because i'm moving to a new office space and like the place is to undergo innovations and whatnot so we're working we're working remotely until that is completed so yeah it's been very interesting working from home <laughs> especially with load shedding Sounds like there's a lot to unpack there yeah the load shedding type of situation that's mm-hmm. one that's one downside because you'd say okay today this is what i'm going to work on and then load shedding will just throw you off because now your laptop needs to be charged now your phone needs to be charged you have to find go to a, a cafe or something or look for a place that has electricity and that's a bit hectic and then also i feel like sometimes it's hard to say okay mate i'm done for the day so now i can do other mm. things you find yourself working the whole day not because you're supposed to but because I don't know, like, it's hard to separate, okay, work is over now, it's time for my home or my other things to start flowing now, because, yeah, okay, in general, it's just hard, I find it hard to separate the two. I kind of like, I think that's what I like about um, my work setup. I think my bosses have really emphasized, like, this whole culture of, like, turning off, Mm. like, just setting aside time to rest. Like, when work is off, work is off, so that you can fully fully rest and fully maximize the time that you are working so it's easy to have like that um, separation between like your personal life and your work life especially when you're working from home mm-hmm. so uh, i don't know what to tell like, okay because like okay i've seen the way you work and if i'm being honest i think some of it or part of it is self-imposed yeah you are the problem <laughs> <laughs> in short I think I think one of the one of the challenges that I experience is that I enjoy working. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a toxic trait, but I love to work. So even when I say okay, I'll stop. I'll be like okay, let me just finish with one more thing. Let me just finish with that thing that I was working on, so that I don't have to work on it the following day. Mm. So okay, maybe the thing I should even be asking is, is does you not being able to separate your work from like the rest of your life is it a problem for you is it affecting other areas of your life 
is it stressful? Not, not necessarily. I didn't say. I didn't say it is. Uh, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't say it. And my question for you, okay, my thing yeah. is, if it's not a problem, why are you trying to fix it? As a human being, you have to have, you have to be an all-round person, right? Mm-hmm. So your professional life needs to grow. Your other other aspects of your life also need to grow, right? Mm-hmm. But then, if you're only focused on one aspect of your life, then how much time will you find to work on the other aspects of your life? So I then, think that's where the chat. That's what's, that's where I find the problem. That I focus on one area so much that I neglect the others. Mm. And why is it hard to like switch off work? Maybe because the work that I do is exciting and stuff that I'm genuinely interest genuinely interested in. Mm-hmm. Could be that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds interesting. Okay, I'm trying to see like how how this can be sorted because it seems to me that what you're saying is let's see. Correct me if I'm wrong. So what Mm -hmm. you're saying is you find it hard to balance like work and other aspects of your life because you feel like you're spending too much time on work even outside of working hours, Mm -hmm. and you're like because it's imposed, but because I you impose it yourself. And you'd like to spend less time on work and more time like doing uh, nurturing nurturing other parts of your life. Okay, and then you're saying the issue with that is so essentially what you're saying is you're finding work more fun than like the other parts of your life. And then that's your me- maybe because I have <laughs> <laughs> maybe okay. I think okay. I'm I'm starting to see where the issue is. I think I need to figure out. Like what nurturing the other aspects of my life looks like. Hmm. Maybe that's where the main issue is. It could be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that was um, a good recap. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, like, yeah, um, hybrid, remote work, hybrid work is, is the future. It's the future, yeah. And I like yeah, it's right fact, now, in fact. And I like the fact that the organizations that we are working for. Mm-hmm. Embrace hybrid and remote work. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's get into it. What's what's in your journal this week, or what's been yeah what's been in your journal? I think you should start since I, I initiated the whole hybrid conversation. Take the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oof, where to start? I always feel like. The stuff in my journal is, it's like an organized mess. Uh-huh. And right now, uh, it's leaning towards the mess side. <laughs> That's my journal. It's missing, it's, it's leaning towards the mess side of things. So do you have a physical journal or maybe you use your phone? No, I, I, I have a physical journal. So I use my, my phone memos for like writing down my dreams and stuff. Nice. And it, like quick notes when my, my physical journal is not easily accessible. I but I I prefer the actual action of writing down my thoughts because I feel it helps me organize them better. Nice. Do you? I do have a physical journal. Though like so every year at the beginning of the year I usually get a journal. But then this year I got my journal like quite late. So I've gotten used to like writing stuff on my phone. Mm-hmm. So my journal is still blank because I'm like, ah, I mean this is easier because I've been using my phone for quite some time. 
So yeah, I usually use my phone. Okay. And just like a side a question before we get into like what's in our respective journals is how have you been finding the the process or the habit of journaling? Is this something that you've been doing like prior to the podcast, keeping yes. a journal? Yes, it has. But lately, um, I've been taking a kind of different approach to the way I journal. So before I'd write like paragraphs of like how I'm feeling and things like that. <laughs> but usually what I've been doing lately is just like writing paragraphs. So maybe I'll just write a few sentences and maybe I'll just write like a theme. Like let's say if the week was, for example, chaotic. I'll just write chaotic and then, yeah, that's my journal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the rationale behind that? It's having an underlying theme of how you felt during the week. As opposed to going yeah. into specifics? Yeah. It's Why? Sometimes I always think to myself, what if someone reads it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what, if? If, what if someone comes across my phone and reads the things that they wrote? That's what reminds me. And then sometimes I'm just like, okay, I'm tired, I'm busy. But I still want to like have a note to remind me of what the week was like. What if they do? What if they I think like? it's more a them problem. <laughs> <laughs> than it is your problem. You do have a point. Yeah. But yeah, lately that's what I've been doing. I want to remain consistent. Mm-hmm. So my way of remaining consistent is at least writing something to remind me of how the week was. Okay. Makes yeah. makes sense. Even when the week gets busy and things like that. Mm, so for me it's been kind of like um an on and off relationship, kinda, but not quite. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my journaling has just like taken different forms over the months and years. So I've been journaling on and off for hmm, since high school, really. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah, since high school and. Sometimes when I first started, I used to like write down like the long paragraphs, and that got me in trouble quite a lot because people would read my journal. And be like, Nanga, and then it kind of morphed into like a gratitude journal type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I moved to like using my phone, mm-hmm. and I would like just write down like the one, one big thing I'm grateful for in the day, and like I like have the whole list, and then read it at the end of the year. She reminded me of something you did. Was it yeah, last year? Yes, when exactly. You had that yeah. Jar and would write. Wait, why didn't you do that this year? I don't know. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and then, um, then I had like the phone. Um, I use my Gmail notes, yeah, for like where I write down like in depth. Um, I, I write down my thoughts, ideas, epiphanies, things like that, and a little bit of the gratitude journaling as well. But then I've also like moved back into like uh, having like a physical journal and like just writing down. Again, I feel like it's stuck to like epiphanies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I want to write about like the nitty gritties of like every day. My feeling. Yeah, I I I think I rather I'd rather write the epiphanies, the ha moments. You know, mm-hmm. I think I have quite a lot of those. And you know, in the moment we lie to ourselves, we say, "Oh, now remember." Oh, yeah, because <laughs> like the 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 impact of the epiphany is so strong. 
but then the following day <laughs> what was because i was looking at my notes there was yeah. this day so one thing that i wrote was was a, a title that i wrote was the power of the to-do list i think i wanted to create a linkedin post based on that mm-hmm. and now i'm like what what was this mm-hmm. post and like what experience anyways <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, I I heard something I don't know why I heard it or read it. But it was something in the lines of this is very paraphrased. Mm-hmm. I'm not the original sayer of these words, please. If you know who said it, just like feel free to let us know. But it's something in the lines of like the human mind is not meant to store ideas, it's meant to like generate them. Mm-hmm. And that's why you should write down like any idea that you have, any epiphany. That's deep. Right. But yeah, my journal. So, um, I hope I'm able to tell this in some logical way, in a way that's relatable and you can get get some sense out of it. Um, backstory. So last year, when I was in my final year, I was leading with a group of like five, four other people, um, a student fellowship at at Unza, under my church. So it's called Raid. And this year, uh, a new group has taken up like leading it, and we were invited on. I was invited on one of like the Thursdays, one of their sessions, to like just share, speak, and I struggled quite a bit on like what to talk about. Um, and oh yeah, and for those that are wondering, it's a Christian fellowship. Yeah, so I struggled quite a bit on like what to talk about and what to share, and a few hours. <laughs> Before the fellowship, I kind of had like something like a rough framework. And I remember going into the fellowship really like being really nervous because I don't like talking about stuff that I'm not 100% sure on because that's when like the social anxiety comes out full throttle mm-hmm. and then the stage fright and the whatnot. I don't know. Maybe it's like this deeply ingrained um, need to be perfect or whatever, but I don't like, I don't like rumbling and like just not saying cohesive stuff and i remember saying that so the idea was to have more of like um what do you call it an interactive session so not where i speak at people but where we i just ask very um thought-provoking thought mm, questions, questions that allow people to think and then we can talk about it like talk on it because like I said, it wasn't meant to be prescriptive, but just a way of like sparking like a conversation. Yeah, pretty much like this podcast. And the thing I talked about, which is like the basis of the epiphany I had, was the power of perception. Like how the, our, our ability to see and what we see um, determines how God manifests himself to us, as well as just how we experience life. And the whole premise of this was um, the idea that how we see determines what we see, which determines how we experience life. So it's like perception is what determines your experience of life, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the conversation kind of like segued into like this discussion on mindset. And that's where the epiphany came in because... Um, if you remember in like the previous episode, I was talking about um, like this, the, the whole idea of discipline and reinventing yourself and where that comes from. And I don't know if I went like a level, if this is going a level deeper into that conversation, but 
it was like this idea that um how do i explain it so my little sister who's currently 12 right now <laughs> said something when she was seven we're just having a conversation in like the dining room and she was just blabbering about it. i don't even know what and she said something in like this three seconds space mm -hmm. that was like just so profound I was like, do you what even you know say? what you just said? What did she say? She said, you can't see God if you can't see. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, this is so profound. But then I feel like uh, years later, this is when I'm like understanding it. So it was this idea that as long as your perception on God is skewed, you only see or experience God in that skewed way. So it's... um we we always go back to the old nature versus nurture conversation or debate like why are you the way you are right now so there is like some school of thought that says it's the environment yeah yeah the environment you're raised in who raised you so it's like this whole nurture thing like certain attributes are nurtured in you so it's like the whole punishment rewards thing when you're growing up right uh -huh. and then on the other side of like the coin is the whole nature aspect of it is that you're the way you are because you're the way you are. So there's like certain choices that you make or decisions that you make because you are the person that you are. And so you become who your nature is, essentially. And on that same point, mm -hmm. uh, like the instances where like when someone is a child, like growing up, they're very extroverted, extroverted. And then along the along the way, like when they get older, they become introverted. So what does what you just said apply to such people? Yeah, which brings me to like the the meat of what the other epiphany. Mm -hmm. So my understanding is that the two needn't be mutually exclusive. So it's a combination of things. So one aspect, because again, you'd need to go into like specifics. We're each raised differently. Our experiences are different. Yeah. But then there's also the argument that what if you have twins, right? Twins raised in the same household, same parents, but they end up growing, like, being different people. Like, what's, what's your argument for that there? So the epiphany I had was um, when we are young, a lot of the way we see the world is colored by the information that we get from our parents the people around us what we expose ourselves to what mm -hmm. we read those become like the basis or the foundation of our mindsets and mindset is really just the mental framework for viewing the world it's the lens through which you view life and experience it mm -hmm. and as long as you see life as black and white you always experience it as black and white. And so then it stands to reason that if you want to experience life in color, you have to see life in color. And what determines what you see or how you see rather? Would it be what you expose yourself to? Exactly. So every day we are creating mental models. And yeah, like I said, the mindset's that we view and experience and interpret life through, right? And those mental models are built by the information that we expose ourselves to. So who you, um, who, the people that are around you, the conversations you have with them, 
the movies you watch, the music you listen to, the books you read. I think even what we watch on social media. Exactly. Um, I think that was Chanosia. She was being interviewed on a podcast and something profound that she said was that mm-hmm. you need to be intentional about what you expose yourself to even on social media. Like some things are funny, quite right, like it's okay to entertain yourself. But constantly exposing yourself to certain information to some degree like ruins that perception that you have the perception that you're talking about. So yeah, it's a valid point. Yeah, true. So I keep I keep talking about the epiphany, the epiphany. <laughs> what is the epiphany? The epi- so the epiphany came from an experience that one of the people in the fellowship shared, right? Mm-hmm. So I kept asking like these questions. Yeah. So she was talking about how she deals with like a stressful exam or uh, a stressful assessment. Keep in mind all of the, the people in the fellowship are students. Mm-hmm. And so she said what she does is if she doesn't do really well on an exam, or she's particularly stressed about an exam, she takes a walk. She gives herself uh, a time limit or a period or to whatever. Feel emotions. To feel yeah, to feel all her emotions, complain and rant about the test or the exam or whatever it is. And then after that time period elapses, she goes back to her room and life goes on and she moves on, right? And I asked her, when did you start doing that, right? And she shared that she had like this one particularly bad test and her roommate suggested to her, oh, let's take a walk. And they went on the walk and she thought that to talk about like the the assessment, like, you know, just rant about it. Like, what didn't you like and whatnot? And the first couple of times they did this, she intentionally or consciously had to make the decision. It was something foreign to her, right? But now she didn't even think about doing it. Whenever she's stressed out, just starts off goes on a walk and that's where the epiphany is mindset really is just a habit how you think is a habit a habit that's been formed over the years based on the information that you've taken in how you've acted on that information and essentially so then by extension that means how you're currently viewing the world is just a habit and as with all habits, you don't get rid of the habit. You just replace it with another one, with a new one. So this requires curating, like you said, the information that you expose yourself to. This means the people you're following on social media. This means the movies you're watching. This means the books you're reading, mm-hmm. the people you are following. <laughs> Essentially, just everything that's a source of information. And... Um, I know we all ascribe to like different spiritual practices and religious beliefs and whatnot, but there's a verse in the Bible, uh, Romans twelve two, if I'm not mistaken, that says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. This is such a profound verse and has been, I don't know, it's been one of those that can be used in multiple okay i guess that's the whole bible but one of those i know there's a word for it but it's just so it's timeless Mm. (laughs) yes and it's one of those things that are very simple so simple that it's easy to disregard you know but yeah it's really just that it's don't don't mindlessly fit into a pattern of thinking question it like why do you think the way you do why do you believe this thing 
is this even something that you want to believe don't mindlessly assimilate yourself in worldviews in other people's mindsets there's a saying that says you're the average of the five people closest to you why because mindsets are contagious with time you start thinking the way someone thinks there's this running joke in like relationships like you know you're deep in Mm -hmm. when you start talking (laughs) like your partner and why 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 do you think that happens mindset it reminds me of a time so there's this person that i used to hang out with i think that was when i was in secondary school very good friend very nice very chilled and all but she always used to complain about school she would always complain about school after exa- after an exam she's like ah, i should feel i'm like why are you speaking on me? <laughs> Yeah, and who? <laughs> <laughs> on our behalf, like you speak on your behalf, right? And as we thought, so she just had that mindset of always. I'm not saying complaining about school is bad, but then when you're always complaining about school, you the people that you surround yourself with end mm-hmm. up thinking the way you're thinking. So I was like, oh, okay, very nice. And that's how I kind of like took a step back, and I was like, because if, if I also start thinking the way she's thinking, then that was also going to like start what's the word i was also going to start thinking like that so i just took a step back and then started hanging out with people that were that were doing great things and that helped yeah your <laughs> opportunity to share your results <laughs> <laughs> were you the highest <laughs> i wasn't the highest but i did really well okay you know yeah so to summarize and conclude <laughs> in conclusion <laughs> in conclusion is um to change the life you're currently living you need to change yourself and in order to change yourself you have to change the way you see and in order to change the way you see you have to change the way you think about the things that you're seeing so the way you think about life in general mm-hmm. you have to change the engine that's generating the thoughts that are coloring your perception of life and by extension your experience of life itself and the way to do that is by curating what you're exposing yourself to. It's very profound, Angie. Thank you. <laughs> so what? Round of applause. <laughs> so what, what's in your journal this week? Yeah, what's in your diary? Of mindsets. Mindsets. Mm-hmm. So this week has been super busy, especially because uh, my supervisor has been away, so I had to like step in and like kind of do quite a bit so at the beginning of the week i was just like oh my goodness this is a lot like, you know how in your cv you say oh i work well mm. pre- okay <laughs> <laughs> i understood the definition of i work well under pressure <laughs> or the ability to multitask yeah so it felt really crazy it felt intense so I think that was in a way that I wanted to write down like in my journal how I was speaking. Then I was like, so I started writing. I think I wrote a, a sentence or two. But then I was like, wait a minute. Like at the start of my, my job, what did I say I wanted to learn? Because like when applying, like they, they, was, they, they asked us, like in the application, they asked us the things that we'd like to learn like throughout our time, like in the roles that were in the role that I applied for, like, they asked me, oh, what would you like to learn? And they said, oh, so I look back to it and I was like, what did I say I wanted to learn? Like, what are the things that I said I wanted to learn? Mm-hmm. And then I looked back to, like, the few days when I was complaining, I was saying, like, this is intense. And I was like, ah. but then, if you think about it, I'm learning about leadership, I'm learning about project management, I'm learning about this. So, why am I complaining? 
because learning comes in different forms. So there's learning where you take a book and you read, and then there's yeah. learning from experience. And then it dawned on me that I'm actually learning those skills that I said I wanted to learn and gaining the experience and building myself to become a better version of myself. So in the coming week, in the coming days, like I, I started off the days with a different perspective. Not that the days were less hectic, but mm-hmm. then, like you said, like mindset. My mindset, my perception of the way the day was going kind of shifted. I was like, okay, so in this moment, I'm learning about this now. I'm learning about how to do this now. Because at the end of the day, like your jobs, ultimately what you should what you should gain from your jobs are skills, transferable skills, right? Mm-hmm. So me being put in the position that I was in was an opportunity to gain and build those skills that I said I wanted to gain. Yeah, so that was in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, I'm always, I'm always curious, like uh-huh. what what led to that realization? Hmm. At what point did it just I think the writing, the writing played a role because like mm-hmm. I, I was looking at what I was writing. Like, like I said, I usually don't want to be writing these things. Mm-hmm. So I was writing about how I was feeling in the morning. But then it dawned on me, like, what do I gain from saying how I'm feeling? Like, what's... Then when I say what I'm feeling, what next? Like, it's about... Compl- it's, it's like with complaining, like you complain, but then if you don't have a plan on what you will do after you complain, then you just remain in that state of becoming a person that complains a lot. So maybe that thought... Perhaps, yeah, hmm. yeah, it was quite an interesting thought that came to mind. That's that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I ask like what things you want to learn or set out to learn in like your current job? Leadership is one, becoming a good leader. Um, project management, like how to run projects, how to manage projects. So that's something I'm currently learning. How to engage with people. Mm-hmm. I'm not really as outgoing as most people. So I'm not bad at it, but then I can be better. <laughs> 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 I can be better. So engaging with people, let's call it stakeholder engagement. So interacting with people, clients, and things like that. Like mm. that. So does sorry, or is it short. people skills? Yeah, in, yeah. Inter, what's it called? The intercommunication skills? Yeah, many. No, no. <laughs> interpersonal. Interpersonal. Yeah, interpersonal skills. Intercommunication. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Great. I think so. I'm just a pioneer. Mm, mm. But now the question I wanted to ask is like, that's also something that I struggle with, like interpersonal skills. But then, you know, it's, it's really weird because I don't, I think I present as though um how do i explain it when i tell people i have social anxiety they're always shocked right because i present as though i'm comfortable in like social social settings and Mm -hmm. whatnot and i guess my question is like how are you going about improving your interpersonal skills outside of like your interactions with your workmates and stuff because i know you said stakeholder was it stakeholder management engagement engagement yes and also like does this also extend to like your social media presence and stuff? Ultimately, your personal brand? Ultimately, it should. <laughs> yeah, how are you going about it? Wait, say, ask it My question is, how are you going about <laughs> learning? Improving? Yeah, essentially improving your interpersonal skills. Putting myself out there. And what does that look like? Uh, okay, I'll give an example. 
something I, I attended on Friday. So mm-hmm. there was this game night thing that was being hosted by my workmates. Mm-hmm. On a typical week, I would never go. I just feel like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would never go. But then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm always thinking about how I want to make new friends, how let's start interacting with people more. But then how will I gain that skill if I'm always at home or in my room? So I was just like, okay, let me just... I, I overthought at first. Yeah, I was yeah. present. Yeah, I'm not gonna go. I have stuff to work on. I had all the excuses in the world. But then I was like, you know what? I might as well just go. Like, what do I lose by going and putting myself out there? And how was that experience like? It was interesting. And find interesting. <laughs> not something I'm used to. I'm, I will be honest. But I love the fact that it was very. People. Okay, the people at my office are pretty chill. So. Yeah, I liked that. Not my typical setting, mm-hmm. but it was an interesting experience. About I got to see the other side of the people that I work with. Yeah, and yeah. Okay, so this is also something I'm always curious about. Is like the effect that like this team, because that's a form of team building, right? Mm-hmm. These team building activities have and their impact and their significance, rather. So, would you say? Okay, no, let me not ask it like that. That's leading. How would you say that one experience that you had with your workmates where you got to see like different sides of them, uh, how would you say that has or will impact your working relationship with them going forward and also just the quality of your work? Do you think there's like any difference? <laughs> it's really hard to deal at this point, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. But... Hmm. Okay, off the top of my mind, mm-hmm. that experience taught me an area, some areas that I need to improve on, like in my interpersonal Intercommunication. Yeah, yeah I'm just one. joking. Interpersonal. <laughs> interpersonal skills. Okay. One. Okay, and it also taught me. Yeah. Yeah, it taught me about myself. So one thing that I learned is that it takes a lot for me to warm up to people. That's one thing. So like, some people be like, ah, you pretend to be quiet. Ah, this one, like, have you found yourself in such a situation? Yes. It's not that people are pretending to be quiet, but they're just certain environments where people hold back because maybe they're not yet used to that environment, and then there's certain environments where people are just, you know, free. I think yeah yeah I think it's like okay I don't know if I I'm not a, an expert on this like to make it like like a introversion extroversion like thing mm-hmm. but there are some people that find it very easy to like engage and connect with people they've just met true and just have like these free form conversations where they're just sharing about their yep. life and like the conversation just goes and then there are those of us, myself included, <laughs> that, like, for me, it takes multiple interactions with a person for me to, like, be at a certain level with them. And, like, in in first year, I stayed in school for a bit, and my roommate was always amazed, like, by the number, like, we'd be walking together <laughs> in school, but a number of people I'd say hi to. Then I'd go back to the room and cry about how I don't have friends. <laughs> Then she'll be like, but, but, like, you know, we said hi to, like, five different people. I'm like, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. 
So, I don't know. I feel like for me, like, even, like, with my my current best friend, right? Mm-hmm. I feel the only reason why this... Okay, part of the reason why we're this close is because we were roommates. Mm-hmm. There were... Uh, there, there was aware multiple interactions. Like, the frequency of our interactions was more. So, it's like this quality, quantity thing. There was the the fact that we were roommates and told that we'd have more frequent conversations and whatnot. Yeah. But then also the quality of our relationship um, or the quality of our interactions rather also is something that was significantly affected by uh, this project that we did together. I feel that's when we became like friends, friends. We worked on something together. So for an extended period of time, I think that was like a year, <laughs> we were working on a project towards a common goal. And yeah. that kind of like spilled over into like personal life stuff. She told me about her family and vice versa. We met each other's families and now we're friends. Mm-hmm. So I feel um, that level of closeness for me is hard to gain by just like a few interactions with someone. True. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. And it's hard for me to be like myself self because I feel like with, with each interaction, a layer, I peel off a layer of myself, so you get like a layer deeper, if that makes sense, to like who I am, like me, me, me. People who don't know me think I'm like this, like super focused, serious, level headed person, but everybody that's like really close to me knows that I'm I'm super funny, drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ma'am. <laughs> but yeah, I I am very goofy and don't like take myself. Like, as seriously as I present myself. Yeah, and it's hard to, like... It's hard to explain that, like, or to bring that out. um, Especially when people ask, can you always this quiet? Yeah, it's like... You know my story. (laughs) Adds layer of protection. Yeah, like, you don't know whether to say, okay, yes, or you don't know, or you should say, okay... um, Like, yeah, I'm quiet, because I don't know you. (laughs) Because I remember, like, during the game, like, someone asked me that question, like, I think the question they asked was, are you always this quiet? I'm like, not really. It depends on the environment that I'm in. And that's how we started the conversation. But yeah, it depends on the environment that you're in. True. This whole personal communication thing is quite (laughs) interpersonal (laughs) communication skill thinking. It's quite interesting. It is. And a lot of... Mm, how do I say this? It's like, yes, you have to be good at your job, but there's only so far competence can take you. Mm-hmm. There is an aspect of interpersonal skills. Like, people at the end of the day are what propel you like forward in addition to the skills and the value that you're bringing. There's always um, a human aspect to it. True. So you always have to find workarounds. I'm still trying to test out like this whole networking. I hate the concept of networking because it feels like um, it feels like like you're trying to manufacture a connection, which I guess is kind of like the point is just increasing um, your likelihood, increasing your exposure to different people, essentially. But it's really it's scary for me. It makes me nervous because I don't do well in like large group settings. Like I can do like the whole presentation stuff, facilitating stuff, but 
if I don't have a structured um, way of engaging in conversation and I just don't feel like like I can add value to you and okay, I was going to say vice versa, but because you can always learn something from somebody. But if I don't feel like there's anything of value I can add to you, I'd rather just keep it to myself. But that also kind of defeats the purpose of networking. So I'm still trying to figure out like how to make it my own like how to do it my own way in a way that doesn't feel cringe. For me, I think what helps Okay, I'm gen- I'm a genuinely curious person. Uh-huh. So I ask a lot of questions. Maybe when I meet people or I meet someone, like it comes naturally to ask a lot of questions. So what do you do? So what should and then when the person says I do this and then like you delve deeper by asking like follow up questions. So for me, when it comes to networking in courts, uh-huh. that's what usually helps. Like being genuinely curious about someone that you just met and asking them questions, not because you have to, but because you want to know more about the person. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that, But then, okay, so maybe, I think that's the problem for me, is like just, no, no. I was going to say not knowing what questions to ask, but then I feel like you've told me this before, like just ask what you're curious about. Mm-hmm. And if you're not particularly... Emphasis on the word particularly curious mm. about. Um, how do I explain this? Let's say you. Huh, okay, maybe I just overthink also. The like, conversation doesn't have to go for hours. If you no, no, no. It's you... just it's the initial part of the conversation. It's the starting the conversation aspect of it. It's like so. Do I just randomly approach a person, and like, what's the first thing you're saying? First. I think what we need to start, start where we need to start them is where where are you going? Like, what kind of setting is it? Mm, okay, let's say for example, uh, what was the last thing I attended? Ah, no, in fact, there was like this investor um, networking event. I think the, uh, the other week, and I was very. I wanted to attend. I wanted to go for it, but I was also a bit hesitant because I was like. Eh. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't want to feel lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's normal to feel that way sometimes, especially if the people you're interacting with, you're interacting with are more experienced than you. What yeah. are at a certain level. Mm. And it was like something I just found out about like short notice here. And it was, I think it was an event for like um, early, early stage investors, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it's a space I'd like to be in. Not now, but like I'd like to build towards that. And I haven't yet done like any like I haven't See? like researched. <laughs> so that's where you start from. So you are going to meet people that are already in that space and that's something that you want to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So even when you interact with them, start asking, Oh, what's your name? Oh hi, my name is Tendai. I work for this, this, this place. I don't know if you want to start by saying that you also want to you would also like to be in that space. Maybe I'm sure they'll would ask you at some point, oh, are you also an investor? I'm like, oh, no, not yet, but I'd really like to be in this space. Are you an investor yourself? You then ask that question. And I'm like, oh, yes, I've actually invested in this, this, this. And then that's when the follow-up questions come in because you want to be in that in the position that they're in. So you ask, oh, how did you start out? What what were the first companies you invested in? How much did you have when starting out? How did you raise that money? Was it from your, your job or maybe something else? Like, that's one 
that's one angle you can take like when you approach such people hmm. you know the way that you put it it sounds so simple because it is <laughs> <laughs> you know what you, you know what you want to learn you yeah. know the people okay don't you know that you're going to yeah an idea of the type of people you're going to meet so you your goal is to go and learn from those people learn about them and learn from them so it's so like one day you can also reach the level that they're at and this is where I usually talk myself out. It's like, okay, so I'm just going there to take, take, take. What am I giving them? With conversation, sometimes maybe they'll point out something that maybe you would be knowledgeable about. And maybe they would also ask a question based on what you said. Okay. So value comes in different ways. Some people just genuinely love sharing knowledge. They just don't know who to share it with. So in you being curious enough to learn about what they're doing and the things that they've done, you are inevitably so inevitably <laughs> <laughs> you are creating value for them by giving them a platform to share the knowledge that they have with you. Deep. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. Okay, so I'll sign up for the next um, <laughs> uh, networking event. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the goal is just to be genuinely curious. Don't force curiosity. Just be genuinely curious. Don't you force curiosity? I can't think of how, <laughs> but yeah, you get what I mean. Okay. Be genuinely curious. You already know what you want to learn, mm-hmm. so that's your platform to get those answers from the people that have the experience. Yeah, anything else? I think that's it on my end. I think that's it on my end. I didn't, I didn't expect this conversation to take this long because it's just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, this has been quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in, what's happening to me? Yeah. This has been quite an interesting conversation. Um, I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot as well. Likewise, mm-hmm. as they say. Deep. <laughs> And and for our listeners, oh yeah, well, listener, whoever you are, mm-hmm. <laughs> please feel free to share what's in your diary. There's um, there's a, a section in the description that allows you to do that. Exactly. And as always, we are always open to your feedback. If there's anything you particularly enjoy, and anything or anything that you don't particularly particularly enjoy, please feel free to let us know. We can't know if you don't tell us. Exactly. <laughs> and we're always thrilled to hear like your feedback, your reviews, anything, mm-hmm. your recommendations. In fact, let me ask the question, what's in your diary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. From Malemo and I. It is. Goodbye for now. See you in two weeks. See you in the next episode. <laughs> right. Have a lovely, lovely, lovely week. Bye. Bye.